You're tuned in to David Essel Live, America's positive radio talk show. Welcome aboard, gang. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. We are broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. We welcome our 12 million XM satellite radio subscribers, the million more via TalkDavid.com. The cool thing is, is that if you have friends, if you don't have XM or your friends don't have XM, but you want them to get a positive jolt of energy every Saturday for three solid hours. Let them know they can listen to us live streaming via the Internet at TalkDavid.com. We are proud, very proud to be part of the Premier Family Radio Network. Celebrating 21 years in helping people to go to the next level in their lives. Coming up in just a few minutes, we've got a guy I'm very excited to interview. The message, the story is powerful. Bill Davey, he's a uh, former Mr. America bodybuilder, cover of 15 national fitness magazines. We'll be talking to him in a few minutes. Now, on top of all of these these accomplishments this guy has, one of his greatest accomplishments is being alive today. And Bill's going to tell you the story. A year ago, he was close to dying, bedridden for quite a while. He went through amazing physical health challenges. And, you know, when you talk to him and when you see him and you see how he's inspiring people today after being in the physical wreck condition he was, you're going to shake your head and say, oh, my Lord. We'll find out from Bill the full story and also what other people can do without having huge challenges to stay on track with their health goals. You know, only 15% of Americans exercise on a regular basis three to four times a week, only 15%. And trust me, the 85% that don't exercise aren't in a situation like Bill Davey was in a year ago on his bed, deathbed. And yet, how come as a nation we're not changing those figures? Bill's going to share with us his thoughts and ideas how to inspire people to get in shape to lose weight, to stay physically active. Excited to talk to him. Just a, a great role model, man. An amazing, amazing role model. If, you, uh, if you've if you been with our show any length of time over the last 21 years, you know that we offer so many free gifts to our listeners to help you get the most out of life, to make great changes in life. And right now, we're going to encourage you to sign up for our email list, The Weekly Wake Up, and this is all at our website, talkdavid.com. When you go to talkdavid.com, look for The Weekly Wake Up, sign up. And just for signing up, of course, once a week you'll get an email that has our guest of the week and book ideas and recommendations and website ideas and recommendations to help you make really awesome decisions in life. But on top of that, just for signing up, you're going to get a free slow-down meditation audio You'll get a free audio, The Three Keys to Manifestation, to getting what you want out of life. You'll also receive free a five-week life coach e-course, Secrets of the Masters. So once a week, you'll get a new lesson in this five-week free e-coaching course. All you have to do is go to talkdavid.com, look for the box that says Weekly Wake Up, sign up, and bam! (laughs) <laughs> bam you're gonna get instant motivation gang 
Instant motivation. What could be easier than that? And you know what's even better than all of what I just said? It's free. Later on in the show, we'll be getting to your emails. Uh, we'll try to get to as many emails as we can later on in the show. Um, we want to respect that. We always encourage you to email us during the show at talkdavid.com or during the week, email us. If you have thoughts and questions, if you're stuck in life and you're not sure where you're going and you have decisions to make and you don't know what to do, call us during the show, one 800 548 8255. We'll take your calls on air and help you out. 1-800-548-8255. And also on Facebook, like us, David Essel Alive. Just go there on Facebook, David Essel Alive, the name of the show, and like us. Uh, Our David Essel page is totally filled up, overwhelmed, so we open the new one just for you. 1-800-548-TALK. So imagine this. Imagine being a, uh, a Mr. America bodybuilder, right? I can't imagine that, but in my wildest fantasy, maybe I could. Although Bill Davey, I know, would help me if I wanted to try to get there to the best of his ability. Good luck, right? But imagine being in that position and being healthy and fit and having four little kids running around your feet and a wonderful wife and everything in life going great, and you're a co-owner of this health club, and all of a sudden you're knocked on your butt and you're basically bedridden for months sick, ill, you can't even get out of bed, it's hard going to the bathroom, and the doctor says, if you would have come in one day later, you would not be alive today. Bill Davey is here to share that story. Bill, welcome to the program. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Wow. What what a turnaround from a Mr. Bodybuilder to bedridden, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it was not not a fun uh, not a fun eight months, but uh, you know, just fortunate enough that things made the turn for the better, and I'm here now and able to uh, be around my family, be around my wife, be around my friends, and be able to do what I love to do. Yeah, and you have four little kids that needed you, huh? Oh, most definitely. They're uh, they're the blessing in, in my life. But uh, you know, uh, Leighton just had her one year old birthday last weekend, last Sunday. She just turned one. We got. Dalton, who turned three, uh, little William uh, turned five, and then uh, Helena, who is uh, our first child, is uh, seven years old. So we're yeah. we're a busy family, and uh, I'm very fortunate enough to still be around to you know be there for them. Right. Bill, you couldn't have got those kids any closer together, could you have? <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's people out there that uh, they'll go maybe maybe one year apart or stuff, but I, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Bless Cynthia. Bless your wife. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she is a blessing because you know I, I know. Obviously, I couldn't have done it myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right on. Hey, so take us back, and and if you can do the short, a short version, a very short version, Bill, because I know this story is intense. But if you can take us back to to day one of the problem, uh, you know, to 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 the 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 day that you found out that you know you could have lost your life, give us the short version. Sure, you know, in a nutshell, is a. Um Saturday morning, I was getting up early, going to the gym, uh, you know, catching up on some paperwork. Uh, I go in early and try and be home uh, to, you know, feed the kids breakfast on the weekend. So I, when I was leaving the gym, I, I you know, felt like I had to go to the bathroom. I couldn't really go. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of felt some cramping in my stomach. But, you know, I just thought, no, maybe, you know, you know I don't know, maybe a little indigestion or, or something. And uh, ended up going home uh, that morning. Uh, my my daughter's uh, Layton's 
baptism was scheduled for the next day, Sunday, and we had about 30 people coming in from out of town, family, friends, and uh, so Cynthia had a whole list of things for me to do when I got home. And so I started getting the house prepared and trying to get things done, but throughout the day I was just getting some real bad cramping, um, and uh, it progressively just got worse. And about 5 o'clock in the afternoon I started uh, calling uh, some our employees because we had a lunch brought into us on Friday uh, for one of our director meetings, and I just asked if other people, you know, anybody was feeling bad. I thought maybe I had some food poisoning, um, mm-hmm. but nobody else was, was feeling bad, and, uh, you know, I, I ended up telling Cynthia, I had just, I, I got to go lay down for a while, and these cramps just kept continuing. Uh, felt like I had to go to the bathroom, couldn't go, so I uh, sent a text out to a few of my doctor friends, and uh, they said, uh, you know, I, I had a hernia surgery done in February, um, and, and again, this was back uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving that these pains started. But I uh, sent a text to my doctor just asking them, you know, it kind of feels like a similar pain I had with my hernia. And could there be anything, you know, related? And he didn't feel uh, like there could, but he did give me, uh, you know, he said his doctor is on, or his partner is on a call that evening. And if anything got worse, that uh, you know, I could give him a call. So uh, I tried to, you know, with you know, just go to bed. Uh, we had, you know, family, friends coming in. I didn't even go outside, go out to see anybody. And uh, about three in the morning, I just couldn't stand the pain anymore. So I went out and woke up one of my buddies uh, who was in town, and I said, "Hey, you got to take me to the emergency room. Something's going on." Hmm. So we went to the emergency room, and uh, they ran some tests and came back, and they said, uh, "Your appendix needs to come out now. Um, it's a emergency uh, surgery." And so they did that, and. Uh, that was, uh, you know, Saturday, my, my, uh, well, actually Sunday morning, the same time my, my daughter's baptism was scheduled for like 11 o'clock that morning. So wow. Cynthia, Cynthia went through with the baptism. She came in the morning. She's like, should we cancel it? And I'm like, no, you know, the baby's not going to know whether I'm there or not. And, uh, my brother, <laughs> my, one of my brothers stood in for me and, uh, you know, we had everybody in town. So they went through with the baptism. Uh, I went through with the surgery mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, supposedly all was well, um, and they they kept me in. You know, normally for an appendix, when they take out the appendix, they're usually only in for a day or two. Uh, but they kept me in the hospital for uh, uh, up until Thanksgiving Day, and I think they finally released me on Thanksgiving Day just because I'm a huge Packer fan, and the Packers <laughs> were playing that day at one o'clock. And I told them, I said, I want to be home watching it. <laughs> right. And, and so they ended up releasing me about noon that day. Um, but I, I didn't feel right. And I, I asked them, I said, why, why have I been in the hospital so long? And they said, well, we really haven't been, you know, your temperature has been not real high, but it, it hasn't been, uh, you know, it's been elevated. Uh, so we haven't been able to control your temperature, but, you know, they sent me home. Um, and, uh, I guess I was, I was home for about a week and, uh, you know, I, I stayed in bed, didn't do much, uh, wasn't really feeling right. And things just weren't weren't going what I, you know, I didn't had obviously never had my appendix removed, so I didn't know how it was supposed to go, but um, things just weren't progressing. I wasn't able to go to the bathroom, um, and uh, I, I called my doctor about a week later, uh, spoke to the nurse, and they said, well, you're probably um, constipated from the pain medicine, um, and, uh, you know, drink some prune juice, and, you know, this is part of the healing process, so I, I went with it and uh, continued, and in a uh, couple nights, uh, or a couple mornings, I woke up in a cold sweat, and uh, you know, find, you know, a couple, 
couple days later, I, I just uh, you know, I called the doctor again and told him you know what was going on, and the nurse says, "Yeah, I remember you calling in," and and uh, you know she said, uh, "You know you're you're still probably you know same old thing, constipated." But I, I said, "I think there's something else going on here. You know, I, I need right. to get in and see my doctor." And uh, she said, "Well, we can get you in uh, next Tuesday." So it was another five days, um, mm. which I wasn't real excited about. Um, so I, I said, "Well, if I can't see my doctor, can I see somebody?" And they said, well, we can get you in on Friday. And that was like two days. You know, this was on Wednesday, I believe. So I I ended up going in to the doctor, and uh, I I saw one of his partners. And uh, as soon as I got there, he sent me right into the emergency room. He goes, we got to do a CT scan on you. He goes, you got something going on here. And uh, long story short, Mm -hmm. from there, uh, we ended up uh, switching hospitals. I wasn't comfortable at the place I was at. And... uh, we, we went to another hospital. We have some friends who actually sits on the board, and, and he had me transferred to another hospital. And uh, they basically said, uh, we got to go in and do some exploratory surgery. We're not sure what's going on with you. And uh, I got into that hospital that Friday evening, um, and they, they ran some tests on Saturday. They did some, uh, they said I had a, a, a cyst, uh, a pretty good-sized cyst, um, that they were going to try and uh, puncture in the morning and see if they could drain it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, they tried that procedure on Saturday and, uh, they said it didn't go well. And so they scheduled, uh, exploratory surgery, uh, for me the following day on Sunday morning. So by the time I came through with that, they, uh, uh, the doctor, you know, I remember the, remember words coming out of his mouth when, uh, he said, it's a good thing you ended up coming in when you did. He goes, cause another, uh. He goes, another 24 hours, he goes, I wouldn't have been able to do that surgery. He goes, your whole colon was, uh, the, the sigmoid colon, the lower portion of the colon was all necrotic and black. And, uh, my it, God. It, and it, what, Bill, Bill, what, what caused that infection that, that was creating this illness and sickness that, that led to this? If you didn't come in today, you wouldn't be here. Do they know what caused that? Yeah, I, I really still haven't got the answer. I, I don't think, you know, at least I'm not comfortable with the answer I've gotten. They said at the same time that I had, like, the appendicitis that I might have uh, developed some di- di- uh, divertics, uh, uh-huh. diverticulosis or something in, in there. But from some people I talked to, they just said it, it, it's, you know, it's too too much. How I was explained by some other people is that you probably had the appendix is nasty. You don't really need it, but when it right. ruptures like that, um, the infection that was spread, um, you know, it could have led to, uh, you know, it was about a two week time frame from the first surgery to the second one that, uh, the infection had spread and it had sat, you know, it couldn't go anywhere, but down and it had mm. sat on that sigmoid colon for, you know, a, a number of days or weeks. And that's what kind of led it to kill the whole uh, the colon off like it did. My God, Bill, Bill, I'm going to ask you to hold. We're going to we're going to continue with the story. We've got to go to a break. We'll continue with the story. Uh, it, it it doesn't get better quickly, ladies and gentlemen. And and when Bill comes back, we'll find out what happened next. And then and then what I want to get into is. How do we stay solid mentally when life is throwing us these massive, massive curls, uh, curves with Bill Davey, a uh, former bodybuilder, cover of, of 15 national magazines on his back, on his deathbed? We'll find out how he comes back. 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-8255. You're listening to America's Positive Radio Talk Show. I'm David Essel. Stay right there.
<laughs> Mr. 305 checking in for the remix. You know they had that 75 Street Brazil. Well, this year's gonna be called Cayocho. Que hola, Gata. Que hola, Omega. And this is how we gonna do it. Dale. David Essel alive. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, we're talking with Bill Davey, former Mr. America bodybuilder, cover of 15 national mag- fitness magazines, goes in for uh, uh, to removal of his appendix for appendicitis, uh, is home for a short period of time, is getting sicker and sicker by the day, comes back for a life-saving emergency surgery. And Bill, before we went to the break, you were saying when they opened you up then, they see your colon is turned black. Yes. Yeah, they... Uh... Uh, the only thing, you know, that's exactly how uh, uh, Dr. Boggs had described it. He said, I, I could not believe, you know, how bad it or how bad it was. Um, mm. And he he described it as black and necrotic, and he had no other option but to uh, remove it. And uh, I ended up with a colostomy bag um, mm. for uh, four months. Um, mm-hmm. The fortunate thing was is that there was enough of the colon left that they could do the reversal surgery um so which i just underwent in uh, april april 11th i did that Mm. um which i I know i mean i'm I'm fortunate because i know there's a lot of people out there who end up with the colostomy bag and they have to have that as a uh for life right so we um you know it took a little adjustment you know getting used to that um but you know hey you just go ahead and do it and uh Mm. you know they told me that that was in uh you know, December was that uh, second surgery, and they told me, mm-hmm. um, you know, about three to four months they want you to heal uh, before they would do the reversal. Okay. And so we scheduled, we ended up, uh, so for four months I had a colostomy bag, and, uh, you know, I just did what, just did what I had to do. You know, I couldn't really do anything else. And, you know, the kids made, you know, ask about it and what that is, and, you know, you just make fun of it and, and you know, have to do the best you can. And, right, uh, right. After the, what I wasn't prepared for was uh, the reversal because uh, everybody told me that the reversal surgery was no big deal and uh, that the healing process from that was, was pretty easy. But uh, the, the, it was about a six week time frame after that reversal that uh, it was just miserable. Um, mm. You know, I had to, felt like you had to go to the bathroom, couldn't go. You, uh, I was on the, you know, sometimes on the toilets between, you know, eight and, you know, three in the morning, about 20 times, you know, my not gosh, being able to control things, you know, it take the kids to school, um, you know, not, you know, have to, you know, hold things in and, you know, you end up having to go home before you go to work to change because, you know, didn't have control and stuff. And, wow. and uh, the, the, the doctors did tell me it would take about six to eight weeks before things would normalize. Um, but I, I wasn't prepared for how unnormal it was going to be during that time. Yeah, Bill, you know, we're going to go to another break again, but the thing that would just blow my mind would be trying to get through all these different transitions. You know, that that's the thing I think that would freak out most of us is, you know, when someone says the transition from this surgery to that should be really easy and it's not, it's got to throw great doubt. When we come back, I'm going to talk to Bill about faith, about staying positive, even in the adversity. I'm David Essel. Stay right there.
Every day is a new day. Being thankful for every breath we take. Uh, I know Bill Davies is thinking that right now. He's listening to those words, and I hope you are, too. America's positive radio talk show, 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. David Essel in the box with you. We are talking to Bill Davey, uh, former Mr. America bodybuilder, cover of 15 national magazines like Muscle and Fitness and more, a co-owner of Omni Fitness in Fort Myers, Florida. Went in for um, appendicitis, had his appendix removed. Uh, several weeks later, he's back in with a serious uh, life-threatening infection throughout his uh, lower part of his entire colon. It had to be removed. Uh, went on a part-time colostomy, gets off of that with the reconstruction surgery, goes through absolute hell when everything is supposed to be easy. And, Bill, for, for people listening right now that are that are going through some serious health adversities or maybe their, their 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 loved one is their partner is their child is what did you learn from your own experience that might be beneficial for people that are facing great health challenges now well you know, to remain positive you know you, i know you're all about being positive and and i to me you know my wife was i got to get through this for my family um, I, I'm the one that supports the family. And, you know, I want to be there for my kids. I want to be there for my wife. I want, you know, I want to be there for my friends. And I knew, you know, I, I did a little research on, on, on what I went through and, and stuff. And I knew there were people out there that you know, came through it. And, uh, I, you know, at times I've, I've even told my wife, I'm like, just tell them to put that damn colostomy bag back on and be that much easier. But, you know, right. you know, I, you know, I did, you know, during that six week time frame that, um, you know, I was, I was struggling, but I, you know, I, I just had to remain positive. I, I knew I could get through it and, uh, you know, just taking it one day at a time. Do, do, do you have, was there any role of, of your own faith that came into play with your recovery? Um, you know, I, I you know, we're a Catholic family. You know, I, I believe in God. I, I believe that, you know, you know, there's things happen for a reason. And, uh, yeah, I knew that he wouldn't put me through anything that I couldn't handle. And, uh, like I said, I, I was happy waking up, um, being there for my kids, having a, having that second chance, uh, what I, I call a second chance being there for, you know, my, my wife and, uh, you know, whatever he was giving me, there was a reason for it, but I, I just knew that I could make it through. Yeah. As a as a bodybuilder, um, it, there, it's no secret that we not we. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> You're a bodybuilder. Come on. Yeah, really. Yes. That was funny, Bill. I even caught myself on that. But you know, you know, as as bodybuilders, I mean, there's got to be a big part of the identity as a bodybuilder is obviously on our physical size. Correct. Sure. Sure. And, okay. And, uh... So, so Go what ahead. happened? Like, like in the eight months that you know that you couldn't train. You, I mean, you were bedridden and all that kind of stuff. When you got up and you looked at your body, obviously becoming smaller, did that play any games with your head? It, it did. You know, I, I remember the the first stint in the hospital. Uh, you know, I, I call the first stint the the you know the November December stint. Um, by the time I got out of the hospital, you know, I went in the hospital about two hundred nineteen pounds. I got out of the hospital about one eighty nine. And I, I remember looking at myself in the mirror the day I was leaving the hospital. I was like, "Oh my God, what happened?" Um, yeah. And uh, you know, it was it. But for me, you know, you know that was a big shock. Um, 
you know, I know when I started coming, you know, even when I got out of the hospital, that was still in December, I was still on home uh, health care for a couple more weeks. They didn't release me till almost January you know, 6th or January 11th. I can't remember. So the people at my gym didn't see me for almost a good uh, 30, uh, you know, 30 days, even after I was out of the hospital. And, uh, you, know, you know, people noticed, uh, you know, what's going on with you and everything. But, uh, you know, that, that for me is something that, you know, I knew, you know, I knew I could I could get back, um, but yes, it, you know, initially it was a shock, and it, it you know it was actually I used it as a driving force to say, okay, you know, I know what I need to do, I know I can get back, um, but I just need to you know get healthy, you know, before I can start doing it because between the January and April time, uh, you know, the doctor said I could go ahead and work out when I had the colostomy bag, but they put some limitations on me and and i I went and kind of went through the motions a little bit and i I just felt like i wasn't doing anything um so you know i i didn't continue a whole lot and i I just said okay once i get this cost me bag to do the reversal and i'm healthy you know that's when i'm going to go ahead and start and and uh, really work on getting myself back and my goal was to be you know i want to be back you know where i was you know a, a year you know that you know come this november come this thanksgiving I want to be back, you know, in better shape than what I was before I went into the hospital. And that's mm. when, uh, and, you know, I, I think you saw with, uh, you know, on my Facebook that I announced that I was, uh, you know, starting in, I think it was about the first or second week in June that, you know, I announced I'm, I'm, I'm back, I'm healthy, I'm ready to start working out again. And, and I've been into it now for about, uh, you know, going on about eight weeks right now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we we've got two minutes left here, Bill. Give just give us a couple minutes, two minutes of of motivational, inspirational advice for individuals that really, really, really know they need to get into a gym, they need to get back in shape, but for whatever reason, the start and the stop and the start and the stop. Two quick minutes of tips for the country. You know, the, the biggest thing, David, is, is I always go back to you. Got to have a you, you first. You have to make that decision that you want to make a change. So. You can get all the advice, you can you know get all the education you want, but until you make that decision that you really want to make a change, it's not going to happen. And once you make that decision, then you got to go ahead and write down why. Why do you want to make that decision? Why is it important to you to lose that weight, or why is it important to you to get back in that shape? And you know you got to do it for yourself, but you can have other reasons as well. You know, I want to be around for my children. I want to see my children grow up. I want to walk my daughter down the aisle. I want to see her have children. I want to enjoy being a grandfather, and I want to be around for that. So I, I feel I have a very strong why, and I will have no problem getting through, you know, my health issues that I've had. Um, and you can't change your past. You know, what's happened in the past has happened. All you got to do is look forward to the future and what you can do to change your future. And if you can keep that, you can have a, you know, make that decision to make a change. You can have a very strong why that you can look at every single day that's important to you and forget about the past and look towards the future, knowing that you can make a change. That's what you got to continue to strive for. Mm. And what you're saying is people have to sit down and think of other besides the fact that they want to just lose five pounds for their high school reunion or 25 pounds for their high school. There's got to be something a lot bigger than that for it to be long lasting. Right, Bill? Yes, yes, because that's that's a short term goal. That That's something that's, uh, you know, it, it's easy and, and there's really no consequences if if you don't achieve that goal. You know, right. If there's if there's a you know, those consequences for not achieving that goal are strong. 
you know, that's going to motivate you to do things, uh, you know, to do things, to stick with things, and to continue on to achieve that ultimate goal that you're looking for. Yeah, I love it. Gang, listen up. And I'm going to even take that a, a step further, ladies and gentlemen, for all of our listeners that are saying, okay, maybe today is the day I get serious. Write it down. Write, write down what Bill is just saying, the whys that you're going to make the change now. Write it down. And then find someone to hold you accountable. Get a buddy. Get a system. Get somebody. Maybe it's a trainer. Maybe it's a next-door neighbor. Maybe it's a partner. Get someone to hold you accountable. Bill Davies been with us, uh, my guest, uh, former Mr. America bodybuilder, cover of 15 national magazines, uh, including Muscle and Fitness, co-owner of Omni Fitness in Fort Myers, Florida. Bill, great to have you on. Thanks for sharing your inspiration, bro. David, thank you very much, and thank you for all you do for all the people out there. You bet. You bet. Have a great weekend. You too, David. Okay. Bye-bye now. 1-800-548-TALK. Coming back, we'll be looking at your emails. If you have a thought, a question about losing weight, gaining muscle, getting in shape, call us. 1-800-548-TALK. If you have a question about your business, your career, you don't know where you're going, you don't even know what to do next, call us. If you have a relationship issue and you're saying, what the heck, should I stay, should I go, what's going on with this relationship, call us. one 800 548 America's Positive Radio Talk Show. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. Beautiful girls all over the world. I could be chasing, but my time would be wasted. They got nothing on you, baby. Yeah. Nothing on you. David Essel in the box every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Thank you so much for sharing some of your Saturday with us here. Uh, now we're going to go into our Questions from America segment. We're going to try to get as many as we can answered here on the air. What's going on in America? What are we challenged most by? In regards to the world of motivation, personal growth, of course, 1-800-548-TALK. Um, how to save money when you have no money. I love this. I love this. I love this. You know, I share this all the time, especially with my clientele, that there is never a time that we really should be saying, as soon as I have more money, I'll start saving more money. Because that's just going to lead to the whole adage of the minute we start making more money, what are we going to do? The very first thing the average American does is start buying things that you couldn't buy when you, quote unquote, didn't have money. Well, guess what? You still don't got it. <laughs> you still don't have it. I'm going to tell you a book that I love, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. If there's a book and you want to think about how to become financially independent, Harvecker, who we've had on the show here, author of the book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, it's an awesome book. And one of the, the examples he gave in the book is about a woman that wanted to become financially independent, but she had no money. So what did she do? She borrowed a hundred bucks from a family member and she started saving money with that hundred dollars. Listen, if you put 50 cents away a day, if you put a dollar away every day, make that, even if you just do it in a glass container in your house, start now. Because if you start the mentality now when you don't have money that you can save, can you imagine what'll happen when you're making money? Bingo. 
So don't wait. I love that question. Do not wait. Start saving now. And like I said, even if it's 50 cents a day in a jar at home, do it. Um, oh, 17-year-old daughter uh, doesn't want to be with her father. Okay, this this is a toughie. Whenever parents are split, a divorce happens, there's two households now, and the, the, the kids or the child, if it's a single family, uh, single, single child family, uh, has getting split time, right? They're spending one week here, one week there, one week here. We've seen it in my practice for 25 years. When, when a young man at 14, 15, 16 starts really bucking the system, or in this case, a 17 year old girl, doesn't want to be with her dad. They'll come in the office and they'll sit down. And my very first question from both sides is individually, not in, the, not in the office at the same time. I don't believe in a lot of that type of group therapy when it comes to family. I'll tell you why in a minute. But I'll ask the like the 17-year-old here. I'll say, why is it that you don't want to go? Like, let's get to the core. Write all the reasons down. Some of the reasons that often comes up is my dad has no time for me. I'll I'll go there and I'll spend the weekend and it's supposed to be his weekend with me and he's out golfing or he's at work or he's got all these things to do around the house. Like, I don't feel wanted there. I don't feel needed there. I don't feel appreciated. And more often than not, in a situation like this, I will side with the young adult. And the, And one of two things happens. Either the dad wakes up or the mom wakes up and says, holy cow. They're right. Instead of just saying that's a bratty little kid, no. Maybe that quote-unquote bratty little kid has a solid point. And that point is, if you want me to be there, show me. Don't just tell me. Show me with your actions. And in this case, if the 17-year-old doesn't want to spend weekends with dad because dad is never available, dad is not emotionally available, dad is not physically available, I say, you know what? Stay as long as you can do this legally, with the other parent until the parent is going to be emotionally and physically available. This young woman at 17 is reading behind the lines, gang, in between the lines, and knows what's happening. And dad, in this case, it's a dad. Dad, wake up. Smell the roses. Spend time with your little girl. Before you know it, she won't be coming over at all. And I'll, and I'll tell you quickly, you know, we believe in our work in, with families is whether it's on the phone, uh, with couples and, or, or families around the country or in person in our offices, we believe in this. The very first meeting, if it's a couple or a family, we meet everyone together. After that, we do a lot of individual work. And the reason being is that I don't want to have a family sit in my office arguing with each other. They can do that for free at home. I don't want to have a couple in my office arguing together. They can do that for free at home. I don't want to have a father and daughter in the office arguing or on the phone arguing with me. They can do that for free. I want to come to solutions. And oftentimes, by working with couples or families individually, we can come to solutions much quicker. Uh, here's another one about someone wanting to change their mindset from a negative gossip oriented relationship. And this is pretty cool. This is coming from a guy. You know, a lot of guys are very much into gossip, whether it's the gossip about sports. You know, can you believe that blah, blah, blah did this? Like, what a loser, right? Hey, that's gossip. I don't care if it's about sports, if it's about celebrities, if it's about the Catholic Church, for God's sake. Gossip is gossip. And so this person wants to know, how do I let go of gossip without let going, let going, letting go of all of my friends since we're all doing the same thing, but I'm now aware of it? So this is what I'm going to tell you. Whether you're a woman, whether you're a guy, if you're a teenager, 
if you want less gossip, you have to quit being a part of it. And what does that look like? This is going to be tough. That means that if you're with a friend and they start talking about, do you believe the Cleveland Browns transferred so-and-so to the blah, 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 right, all that kind of, and then you're used to going, oh, I know, what a bunch of losers. (laughs) Instead of saying anything, say nothing. If you're with a friend and they go, do you believe that Mark is still seeing Kathy even after Kathy did blah, 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 say nothing. In other words, if you want to break the cycle of gossip, you have to do it. It's not your friend's fault that they're gossiping. It's your fault for replying in any way whatsoever. And even if you nod your head, you go, uh-huh, any response whatsoever is acknowledgement. And that means they're going to continue. The fastest way to get to the core, gang, and this is the most difficult way to do it, is to not say a damn thing. Do not reply at all. And then if they say, how come you're not talking to me? You can then be honest and go, you know, I'm trying to really move away from this gossip-oriented judgment type of conversations. So if you bring that up, I'm just going to have to bail out. Be honest. Now, sometimes your friends will rally around you, and they'll love it. Other times they won't. Just be ready to find some new friends, because it often happens. 1-800-548. One eight hundred five four eight. Oh, by the way, uh, you can always email us because we get a ton of emails on a daily basis uh, when we want to try to find out what's going on in America. How can we help this country the most with this radio show? Email us. Just go to talkdavid.com during the show, after the show, whatever it might be. Email us at talkdavid.com and we'll get to as many as we can. Uh, oh, well, here's one. We were just talking to Bill Davey, former bodybuilder, Mr. America, uh, about bodybuilding here's a woman uh wants to know about strength training and enhancing muscles this is so many women oh my lord you know they'll pick up those little pink like one and a half pound or green two and a half pound dumbbells and they'll work them out forever and they wonder why one two three five seven years down the road they're not seeing a change in their body. Well, we're not going to get into the whole dietary changes that have to be made right now. But and when when women say, well, I want to use these light weights because I don't want to get huge. Listen, there's two reasons, two main reasons why women will never get huge. I think there's like 3% of the female population has the same testosterone levels as men, about 3%, okay? So your odds of getting the same level of testosterone and the same number of muscle fibers per muscle group that men have, you're at about 3%, okay? So, honey, the odds are pretty small. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to use, if a woman wants to see... Even if she wants to see her muscle tone up, the one-and-a-half-pound things, you know, and, unless you're extremely deconditioned, probably aren't going to help very much. You're going to have to go heavier weight, some kind of a weight that you can lift like eight times, maybe ten times, and then be very fatigued, right, where you couldn't lift it number nine or ten or eleven. That's the weight you want. Do not worry about getting huge muscles if you're a woman. The odds are so incredibly against it. I love to share that information, and I hope someone uh, is listening. <laughs> um, so, oh, oh, yeah, another question about using life coaches or ministers or therapists. Listen, 
when it comes to relationship coaching, I think you can find someone who's a life coach or who's a minister or who's a counselor or a therapist that could help immensely. I really don't have a preference. I don't say, oh, you should only see a marriage counselor if you need marriage help. No. This is what I want you to look for. Look for someone you connect with. Look for someone you respect. Look for someone whose website talks about the specific issues that you have and then set up a time to talk. And the last tidbit I'm going to give you, ask for homework. Some coaches, ministers, and counselors don't believe in written homework. I believe, personally, it's the only way to change. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, you're listening to David Essel Live, XM 168, talkdavid.com.